0: We are so blessed to be able to come together and worship in America and open up God's Word. And we're going to open it right now to the 15th chapter of Luke. And we're going to just talk together for a few minutes on this Father's Day. And we're going to look at a story that if when you get over there and some of you know where you're going and what the 15th chapter is, if someone were to ask you, what is this story about? Oh, I know that one. That's about the prodigal son. I'll never forget that. Well, I want to argue with that a little bit this morning because I don't think the story's about the prodigal son. I think it's about a wonderful father. I think if you look very closely at the story, you'll see that the emphasis is on the father. And that's where it ought to be. It ought to be the buck stops with us that we have to make sure that we understand that Father God is our example, that he gave his only begotten son, and that son had a responsibility, and that was to lay down his life in order that people could be saved, and he did that. We know that the Bible is relevant. We know that these stories are not just good stories to tell our kids and our grandkids, but that the scripture opens up to us so many things. There's a story about a prodigal son here. There's a story about his older brother. But the story is really about the father. Let's see if we won't see that as we read it, when you're thinking like that. From the 15th chapter of Luke, the 11th verse. And he said... A certain man had two sons. Notice how it started. A certain man had two sons. It doesn't start with the two boys. It starts with the father. Now let's listen to it from that standpoint. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Don't you like to have stories that you can read that end up well? Aren't you glad that this is the first day of the rest of your life and it doesn't have to end right today? I don't think there's the father sitting here that doesn't want a little bit more time to be the father that he wants to be or the grandfather he wants to be or the great-grandfather he wants to be. I'm so glad that God just doesn't throw it out there and says, take it or leave it, and you're on your own now. But he says, I'll never leave you. I won't ever forsake you. But God had a plan from the beginning of time. And when we read the Scripture and we begin to focus The word prodigal comes from a Latin background and it means wasteful, a wasteful son. And of course that story shows that, that he took his inheritance which in that day, the elder son got two thirds of the estate and the young son got one third. Well he was the one third but daddy hadn't died. So he went to his dad early as a young man and said I'll just take my one third right now and go to Vegas. And, uh, and the father knew you are making the biggest mistake of your life. But after all, I'm the father. And I just think I'm just going to let you have at it. And so what happened? He lost it all. Now what would most fathers do? We're talking about not the prodigal son, but wonderful fathers. What would a wonderful father do like God and like this guy? He loved him unconditionally. He looked at his boy through the eyes of a heavenly father. That he has made a mistake. He has sinned. He has gone his way. I know today I'm speaking to a lot of people. Both here and via the internet and so forth. And daddies are not happy today. There are a lot of daddies that feel like they failed. There's a lot of dads that say, I'll never have an opportunity to make up for mistakes that I have made. That's not what God wants you to feel like. Listen, as long as there's breath to breathe, as long as there's life to live, every day with Jesus can be greater than the day before. And when a person's life turns and changes and you begin to put things in perspective and you understand you cannot help what your children do, but you can sure determine what you're going to do. And you can look at this story and have so many good things. I don't want to go out of here and all the dads be beat up and battered. I don't think you need any more of that. We don't want to see those of you that watch on the internet that say, Well, take that one, Dad. You're getting just what you deserve. I don't think that's the purpose of this story. I think the purpose of this story is that fathers, if we are like the Holy One, our Father who art in heaven... That we understand that there's a future for failures. As a father, as a child, as a grandchild or great grandchild or whatever. But the story of this boy is not an unusual story. There are many, 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 many children that you're thinking of right now. And you know they're really struggling. That's the reason we're doing everything we know in this church to do, to help mom and dad, all of us, to get hooked up with the Father who art in heaven and see if we can't get our kids back to God. Amen. And to be ready for them when they come back. And I want you to stick with the story now. It's going to end good. If some of you here I don't even know what you're talking about. Preacher will stick with me. It's a good story. If you haven't heard any stories in the Bible, this is a good one. But stay focused on the Father. Okay? Do that for me. So as this story begins... We have a wealthy father, an older son, and a younger son. And the older son stays at home and becomes a jerk. And the younger son goes his way and ends up in a hog pen. But both of them quit following the father. Both of them decided, I'm going to do it my way. And I know a lot of men that would say, well, you can have at it, Bubba, but you'll never darken the door of this house again as long as you live. Don't expect me to ever do anything for you. That's the carnal nature of a father. But the godly nature of a father is to forgive us of our sins. And we're to forgive others as he has forgiven us. So focus with me on this Jewish father. Block out the elder brother, the prodigal, and think about this father. This young boy is still alive. There's still hope. The older son is still alive, and there's still hope. But there is this father that must analyze the situation. How do I deal with this situation? Now, first of all, we see very clearly that he did not lose his faith, Many times, every day, he had looked down that road and see if his young son was coming back. And, of course, he went to bed that night disappointed because he didn't come back. He didn't show back up at that time. But the faith of the Father said, I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to keep believing. I am going to trust my heavenly Father to guide me to be the Father that I need to be Until we come to the finish as I say to you many times it's not over till it's over I think Yogi came up with that one Yogi Berra and it is so true hey as long as we have life to live and breath to breathe there's a hope there's hope For the young sons. There's hope for the older sons. And there's hope for fathers to become the fathers. Or stay the father that you need to be. Some fathers just need to be encouraged today. Don't give in to the world. Don't let some psychologist teach you. Well you're being too hard. No just let go and let God. And turn your children over to the Lord. And turn your grandchildren over to the Lord. But at the same time be the father that God wants you to be. And when you look at this story and you read it carefully, in any translation, you're going to come and say, what a wonderful father. What a wonderful father this man was. He didn't agree with what his young son did. And he didn't agree with what the older son did. But he always remembered, the Lord is the strength of my life. I will serve him. I will listen to him. I will make sure that I know what God wants me to do. Well, the young boy went out, sold everything he had. He ended up feeding hogs. He wasted his substance with prodigal living, wasteful living. That is the norm today. Whatever I get, I'm going to throw it away. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow I may be dead. But those that are older know you better wake up. The father knows you need to keep teaching, keep being an example, keep pointing the way. And this wonderful father was not shocked at what happened to his younger son. Now, as Paul Harvey would say the rest of the story. It's time for the rest of the story. This father remained faithful while his son was in rebellion. But the day came when he looked down that wide open road and there wasn't even a cow but he wasn't looking for cows, he was looking for his son. But he was not there. But one day that changed. Now the rest of the story begins. Here comes this child back. Prayers are being answered, new opportunities are there. There is possibility now. Look, my son is coming home. Look, you're not going to believe it. See, dads, see, men. We're made different than females. You can forget politics, okay? Trust me, God made woman for a man. And when Adam looked, he said, wow! A lot better than a rhinoceros. <laughs> or a frog. God's made us that way. So he knew exactly what was going on. And the father just kept on. And he kept on. And he kept on. And you know what? One day, a grieving father became the happiest guy on the planet. Why? Because his prayers were answered. His patience had paid off. He he didn't send a mean email or a fax or a telephone or smoke signals. He just prayed to the Father who art in heaven and said, bring my son home. Bring him home. And he did. And he did. When that father heard that story about the hog pen, and you can bet it got back to him, your son's feeding hogs. What a horrible day that must have been. What a day, just say, throw in the towel. He's not coming back. He's getting what he deserves. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. Well, what do you do? When there's a rebel, what do you do? Do you send money? Send food? Go visit them? What do you do? I think you start praying. And I think you let go and let God have his way. Let the perfect father take over. And let the earthly father Say, I'm waiting for him to come home because I believe, Father, you can do something nobody else can do. Listen, the greatest thing you'll ever do in your family is bring your kids to Jesus. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit can break through anybody. And Jay's story is that kind of a story, and he'll share it with you. You never know who God's going to use. And if you'll go back and read what happened in Billy Graham's family or any of many great preachers, they will tell you the stories of their prodigals. But they end well. They end well. I thought Billy Graham was a fantastic father when his daughter came home. And he said, welcome home, prodigal. Isn't that the way we're supposed to handle it? Not, well, I'm glad you got just what you I told you so. I told you a thousand times. They go in the front door and out the back door. But when you are the perfect father, when you are the father that God wants you to be, when you're that wonderful person that says, I know there was a day in my life when I was just as rebellious. But God had plans for my life. All this man wanted, this father, this wonderful father, was for his son to come home. That was his plan. He didn't want him to get hurt. He didn't want him to be disciplined. He just wanted him to come home. he wanted a relationship again he wanted to have an opportunity to be with that boy and to hear his stories and to laugh with him and to cry with him every father that's here today if you have a prodigal you know what you ask yourself what did I do wrong what mistake did I make no doubt when that father was looking down that road he probably had that thought but I don't think it's for very long I think when he looked down that road he said as much as in me I tried to do what the Heavenly Father wanted me to do and when that prodigal son recognized his mistakes that wonderful father saw him come home as we go on with the story And we get to that good part. He saw him coming. He ran out to meet him. He brought the best robe. He gave him the rings. He had a party. He gave him shoes. And by the way, he said, keep the money. I know guys, fathers wouldn't handle it like that. He said, but I want my money back. You know, you took a third of my money, I want it back right here. Now, you're welcome home. You can sit at the table. Where's my money? That's not what he did, was it? You see anything in there about that? I don't see him mentioning it. I didn't see him saying, you got to change this. He said, come home just as you are because the Heavenly Father has sent you home and you're with me. And we're going to start again and we're going to be what God wants them to be. I'm sure that was a fabulous, fabulous party. There was a time of forgiving. There was a time of forgetting. Why? Because there was a wonderful father involved. Who is the crystal of this? The father was. What about when the elder brother acts like elder brothers can act? Who took over? The father took over. And that's what we as fathers must do. We must understand God's looking to us to be living proof of a loving God to a watching world and to a watching family. But don't get to where you assassinate yourself spiritually and will you turn and say i don't care i'm not spending another dime giving another minute and if i never see him again i don't care no no father that's not the wonderful father if we're going to be a wonderful father this is our example look for him to come home pray for him to come home be ready for him when they come home and then see what god does As I bring this to a close, let me ask you a question. This is for the fathers. When children rebel and father is there, the first thought that usually comes to the father is what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? That's not what it ought to be. It's not what did you do wrong. It's what is God's will. And to take the blame, who who is the real problem? His name is Satan. That's the problem. No, Dad, you're not the problem. Satan is the problem. Now, one day, your child might have seen Satan in you. And that's another subject for another time. But we need to let go and let God have his way. The child decided to do it his way. The father needs to decide to do it God's way. And when you do it God's way, then the burden begins to be lifted. And you start looking down the road because maybe the child will come back. And when they come back, they'll come back to a different father. They'll come back to a different home. See, it's not you. If you've taught your children the way of God, they'll never depart from it. Now, you can't control anybody else's actions, but you you can certainly affect their mind. And if you had... A godly dad, you know that your dad, and I had one, I can think of my dad's sayings now. Through all of these 77 years, I can remember, that's what my dad would have told me. You hear it, you hear it, you hear it. He's not there to set an example. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I'll not sin against God. Any child that's trained in the word of God, the word of God will never leave them. Daddies die, mamas die. But God's Word will live forever. And you train up a child in the way it should go from the Word of God. Not your example. No father is a perfect example to his children. But there is one father that is. And that father says, you train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will still know when you're not there to tell them. I dream sometimes about things that I've heard my father say. Because the Word does not return void so you can't go back and relive your life but you know what you can do daddy get in a Bible study class start opening your Bible read a proverb every day go home and read the proverb of the day have a a way of getting into the word and studying the word and showing yourself acceptable unto God and pray for your kids but dad don't quit don't throw in the towel don't say I've looked down that road long enough they're not coming back God's Word if it has been planted in their heart will never leave them and when they get in the darkest moment of their life the Holy Spirit will remind them of the Word of God the perfect father that made no mistakes this wonderful father wasn't a perfect father but there is a perfect father and his name is God Father Son and Holy Spirit and when we take that attitude We become the fathers God wants us to come. Give our kids to God. Give our grandkids to God. Give our families to God. But let go and let God take over. Dad, in the beginning, God made the first man. This is for another day, but there's been times I wish he'd have started with a woman. maybe it would turned out better I don't have any theology on that (laughs) but I know this I still got a lot of hope in Christian homes I believe with all of my heart that God wants to speak to our to our kids to our families